0: Om Shri Sairam, offering most humble pranams at the divine lotus feet of our ever-present Lord. Invoking Bhagwan's benediction for today's session, dear listeners, a very loving Sairam to all of you. Om Sahana Vavatu, Sahanau Bhunaktu, Sahavirya Karavavahai, Tejasvi Navadhi Tamastu Mavidvishavahai Om Shanti 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 Hariyom Tatsat Shri Sai In our study of Nirvana Shatkam, Written by Sri Shankaracharya, we have studied the first two verses where the author negates the sukshma sharira, the subtle body, and sthula sharira, the gross body, and we are currently studying the third verse where various modifications of the subtle body are negated and last week we saw a brief introduction to raga and dvesha in the first line of this third shloka the author says name dvesha ragau nami lobha mohau which means neither do i have aversion nor attachment which is raga and neither i have greed nor moha delusion. So, we studied raga and dvesha and in fact we saw the genesis of raga and dvesha, attachment and aversion all repulsion itself. There are four stages of manifestation of raga and dvesha in us. The first stage is known as udara avastha where this Raga and Dvesha are manifest in a full-blown form in us and they are out in the public, which means even at the drop of a hat, we are given to strong likes and dislikes and this is what the udara Avastha is. The second stage is known as Vichinna Avastha in which this raga dvesha in us are in a dormant state. But they are ever ready to raise their ugly head, given an opportunity. The third stage is the tanu avastha. Tanu avastha is the reduced state of raga dvesha, which is achieved by consistent sadhana. And the sadhana that is required to overcome this raga dvesha so that they become reduced in our Antakarana is known as pratipaksha bhavana, which means bringing in an opposite feeling. Say for instance, if we are attached to something, to see the painful side of the pleasure that is associated with something to which we are attached, is called pratipaksha bhavana. Say for example, we are so much attached to sleeping early in the morning, it is definitely a pleasurable thing for all of us. But say we are obese and we want to reduce our weight, we want to get up in the morning, say go for jogging or do some yoga and even meditation itself if we are a sincere sadhaka, then naturally what we feel is to sleep is a better thing to do, a pleasurable thing to do because it is a nice cozy morning and we are sleeping in an air-conditioned room and to get up is definitely painful for us because we are attached to continuing to sleep itself, this pleasurable activity. But if we look at the painful side of this pleasurable activity, say, if I continue this way of mine, my weight is only going to increase and my body will be the seat of many, many diseases and I myself have to suffer. So like this, if we see the painful side of something to which we are attached, we are able to overcome this attachment or raga and this is only a mundane example that I have given but this Pratipaksha Bhavana bringing in the opposite feeling has to be applied to very important things in our life to which we are attached. So, what we need is, we must put in rigorous physical and mental discipline to bring in Pratipaksha Bhavana. Then. Coming to Dvesha, Dvesha also the same logic applies, the logic of Pratipaksha Bhavana, that is to see the good side of something which we want to always avoid. Now this can be done by invoking the feeling of compassion, love and forgiveness, and this is how this Dvesha can be overcome. And Bhagwan taught this lesson to a student in a very beautiful way once. There was this student who came from a royal household and once he was sitting outside the interview room in the veranda and he was absorbed in himself. Then suddenly the door of the interview room opens and Bhagwan comes outside and remarks, that you have killed this person thrice. Then the boy is shocked. What Swami? Where did I kill? Then Swami said, even the thought of killing a person itself amounts to killing. As we have studied in the law of the karma, this powerful thought itself is a very subtle form of karma. Then the boy goes on to explain to Swami, that Swami you know very well that this relative of mine Has cheated us of property and various things, and what else can I feel about him? And this is the feeling I have towards him, and I want to thrash him up. Then uh, Swami says, Okay, I will give you an opportunity to do whatever you want with him, and you can do it now. And then the boy is very happy, so that he can be at the jugular of this person whom he hates. And this boy closes his eyes and starts to. Drashup, this person, this relative of his whom he hates. Then fighting like this, both these persons, they come to the end of a cliff and this boy is ready to push that person down. But suddenly he sees the face of a young child in his hands and he stops there and he doesn't want to do anything to this person seeing the innocent face of the child in his hands. He suddenly opens his eyes and he can see Swami standing in front of him, smiling. So, this is the Pratipaksha Bhavana. Whenever we want to hurt or harm somebody, if we bring in something that evokes the feeling of goodness towards that person in us, evokes the feeling of compassion and love in us, we can think of Swami Himself. When we want to indulge in such severe hate, dvesha or aversion, then we are able to reverse that dvesha bhava in us. See, the transcendental God is immanent in His creation. If we want to see gold, if we throw away the ornaments, how can we see the gold? Similarly, if we want to have the vision of the Divine, it is only in His creation we can see this Divinity. So, this is what Pratipaksha Bhavana in fact is. And another important thing that we can all do, as we discussed earlier also, to work in the spirit of Ejna. Putting aside our little egos, the little identity that we think we are, our personal differences and coming together for a higher ideal in our lives and working towards it. In fact, putaparti itself means put apart I. We come to God to get rid of this I in us. And this is also helpful in tackling the Raga dvesha in us and invoking Vairagya itself. Invoking the feeling of dispassion to all that is unreal helps us to overcome Raga Dvesha. And we can say, especially for a devotee, the USP, the ultimate selling proposition to overcome any inner enemy is Daiva Preeti itself, our love for Swami. See, when we love Swami, then we tend to test every thought, word and deed of ours on the touchstone. Will Swami be pleased if I behave this way, if I talk this particular way or if I do such things? Then naturally when we get an answer no, we refrain from doing those undesirable things which we would otherwise be indulging in. So this Daiva Preeti is a very powerful tool that we have all got to overcome all these inner enemies and in fact it is said, this love for God, Daiva Preeti, is the universal antidote for all the negativity in us. Well, how do we get this love for God at all in our hearts? Once a famous devotee of Bhagwan, Sri Aldrakar, happened to ask Bhagwan, Swami, we know that we have love for you. In our hearts, we can feel this warmth whenever we think of you. This warm, beautiful feeling is there in our hearts and we are overwhelmed with emotion. But how do we know that Swami loves us? And this was his question to Swami. And Bhagwan, very compassionately, he replied, See, Bangaru, it is like this. The very fact that you have love for me in your heart, you feel that love for me in your heart, that itself is my grace. And Swami went on to say, none can love me without I loving them. Which means the seed for Daiva Prithi, the love for God is sown by Bhagwan himself in our hearts, but it is our responsibility to Allow this seed into a healthy sapling so that it becomes a mighty fruit-yielding tree and it gives the bountiful yield of love itself which we have to share with all around. And this is the beauty of Daiva preeti So, when we transform this Raga of the world into Anuraga of the Lord, we are able to overcome this raga in us, the feeling of attachment in us. So this is the tanu avastha where raga dvesha are considerably reduced in us and we are able to progress as a sadhaka. And the fourth stage when we do so is the nagna avastha in which the raga dvesha are totally destroyed and this is the state which is experienced actually by Ajivan Mukta. And then the author says, Name lobha mohav. Lobha, as we all know, is greed. And Bhagwan often says, Kamam bhakti nashanam. The desire that we entertain always, it destroys the devotion in us. That's why Swami would say, Wherever there is karma, there is no place for Rama. Because our heart, as Swami Himself would say, is only a single-seater sofa, both God and world cannot be there at the same time. And then Swami says, Krodham Nashanam The anger in us destroys our wisdom. Whatever sadhana we have done that is destroyed by this anger and lobham, Swami would say, is karma all the seva, we do all the selfless service, if we have greed in us, that is destroyed. That is why it is said, lobham karanam. this greed is responsible, this is the seed pot for all the sin in us, because this greed is an insatiable thirst and it is called pipasa, And when this greed is there in us, we go to any extent to acquire the things that we desire and that is how it leads to pāpa or sin. And we must understand, this lobha is not only for worldly objects, especially for a sādhaka. This lobha, the greed is there for his sādhana or seva to be acknowledged And we want everyone to praise what we do, and we are craving for appreciation and recognition. So, this greed is there for name, fame, position, status, all these things come under Lobha. And one of the very important ways to do is to get rid of this greed. Swami says, overcome your greed with charity by giving away. That's why. Bhagwan would often say, na karmana, na prajaya tyage naike amritatva Not by progeny, wealth or action, it is only by renunciation that we can attain immortality. So, one of the ways to overcome this greed is to count our blessings and be contented and also developing an attitude of gratitude for all that Bhagawan has given us. That helps us to overcome this feeling of greed in us. And then what is said is, I do not have moha or delusion. And the delusion is that we are this body-mind, we are this BMI ever interacting with OET and thereby Identifying ourselves as the PFT is the delusion and of course this can be overcome only by bringing in self-knowledge that we are Atman. And Bhagwan would uh, tell the story of Sai Gita. I have shared this earlier also. Swami said, when Sai Gita was a little elephant, she was tied inside the ashram near the Gopuram gate with a small rope or a chain to a peg. And the little Sai Gita thought that she cannot break free of the chain because naturally she was a baby elephant. And she got habituated or she was conditioned to this feeling that she cannot break free. So even when she grew up into a mighty, strong, big elephant with all the strength of an adult elephant, she never tried to break herself free because her conditioning this fact was so strong and similarly we are habituated, we are conditioned to this feeling that we are this body and mind spanning several lifetimes. And that is why in this lifetime, even when Guru comes and says, you are not this body-mind and you are this unchanging Atman yourself, it is very difficult for us to break free of this shackle Of Dehabhimana, and Swami in fact says it is Dehabranti, it is the delusion you have with this body and mind identification. But we must remember that if we are conditioned to the feeling of Dehabhimana through practice, even now through practice we can reverse this feeling also that I am this Atman can be brought in only by constant and relentless practice and that is why abhyasa coupled with vairagya is very essential for uh, sadhaka. Then the second line says Madho naiva me naiva bhavaha which means neither do I have pride nor the feelings of envy or jealousy. And Bhagwan says this mother can be of eight types, which is called Ashtamada. And Swami says, it is the pride of money, learning, caste, the pride of affluence, beauty, youth, position or authority. And Swami says, even tapas, our spiritual sadhana, also leads to spiritual pride. And Bhagwan goes on to say, if you ponder over two facts you can overcome this inner enemy called pride. Firstly, Swami says, if you look around, instead of being like a frog in the well, Koopa you will find that in respect of each of these eight items which cause pride in you, there are many other people who are superior to you. And secondly, all these items, money, authority, youth, etc., are highly transient. Therefore, get rid of pride as well as other five enemies which are included in the Arishad Varga, and this is what Swami says. In fact, the word Madira, which means intoxication, comes from the word Mada. So, if we think, instead of being intoxicated by our worldly positions, let us be intoxicated by the name of the Lord Himself. That helps us to overcome Mother. And as Swami said, constantly reminding ourselves the transient nature of all these things, name, fame, power, money and so on, that will help us to overcome Mother. Mother as Sri Shankaracharya in Bhajagovindam says Makuru kuru dhanajana Garvam Don't be proud of Dhana, the people around you. The wealth and the jana, the people around you, and Yavana Garvam, the pride of youth itself and all these can disappear in a trice. And that is why, even in the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says, Matras Parshas tu kaunteya, Shitoshna sukha dukhata, Agama pahino anityam, Tamsti tikshasva bharata. Which means, when our senses come in contact with these, the vishaya the sense objects, then what happens is, there is this dual experience of pain, pleasure, happiness, sorrow and even all the inner enemies itself, they are there in us. But we must remember the Lord says, Āgama, Pāyino, Anitya They are not only ephemeral, they are not real, they are unreal and also Āgama, Pāyino, they just come and go. And you must endure all of them with the spiritual attitude or titiksha. This is what the Lord says. See, as long as we think that we are this piece of wood which is floating on the surface of water in an ocean, then what happens? Naturally, we are tossed up and down by the waves in the ocean. That is why we must strive to be Like the lighthouse which is in the ocean which stands on the strong bedrock which resists all these waves. In fact, the waves come and crash down at this lighthouse and not only that, the lighthouse illumines all that is around. So, the spiritual attitude of fortitude of Titiksha is what we need to overcome these six inner Enemies, And then the author says, I do not have matsarya, the feeling of envy also. And Bhagwan says, this jealousy is also known as vipralipsa, Swami says. It is a deficiency of the antahkarana itself and Swami says, it is one of the worst qualities of man where he cannot endure or tolerate the prosperity or happiness of others. And there is no cure for this disease. That's why Swami says, feel happy when others are happy. So we must learn to appreciate the goodness in others and the talent of others. And when we stop comparing ourselves with others and competing with them, it helps us to get rid of This feeling of jealousy and we must remember, Lord Krishna himself appreciated the intelligence of Shakuni in Mahabharata. So, if we look at all these modifications of the subtle body, we can clearly make out that only by systematic and relentless sadhana, we can strive to overcome these inner enemies. Bhagwan says, What you need is Bhagavatamu. And Bhagwan's acronym for Bhagavatamu is Bha stands for Bhakti, Ga for Gnana, Va for Vairagya, Ta for Tattva, Tattva that we are this Atman, and Mu stands for Mukti, the realization of this truth. And this is what Bhagwan says. And that is why exposing ourselves constantly to the glory of the Lord, the stories of this Lord and this is what helps us to dwell in the realm of this divinity all the time. And that is why satsang becomes very important for us. So it all boils down to three things. One is Tattva Viveka, understanding the truth about ourselves and Next is Mano Nasha, which means to get rid of all these inner enemies or the modifications which are there in the mind. And then it is Vasana Kshaya, to exhaust our Prarabdha Vasanas, especially the negative ones, so that we grow in Sattva Guna is important and when we have this Sattva Guna, we are able to contemplate and meditate upon the Atman and this Nirvana Shatkam is a text for this meditation or Nidhidhyasana. Then, Na chartho na moksha Which means the author says, I am not bound by any of these four Purusharthas, Dharma, Artha, Kama and Moksha. And Bhagwan says the best way to make use of these Purusharthas is make Dharma the basis for earning the Artha and direct this Kama Purushartha towards acquiring or getting liberation or Moksha Purushartha itself. See, we can understand that we have to transcend Dharma, Artha and Kama but what author says is I am not bound by even the Moksha Purushartha. And Bhagwan would always, you know, in his play of words, would say about Moksha Purushartha. See, people come and ask me, Swami, Na Mokshamu na Mokshamu. In Telugu, na means my. So people come and ask me, where is my moksha Swami? When is my moksha coming? And to such people I always reply, Na Mokshamu, which means no moksha at all which means we should not get attached to this feeling itself. Whatever we have to do as a mumukshu, we must strive hard and put in the required spiritual sadhana and leave that to God Himself. This means we have to renounce the fruit of our spiritual sadhana also and this is what true karma palatyaga is and that is when we can transcend all the four purusharthas as said by Acharya Shankara in this verse and the last line, as we know, is chidananda rupaha shivoham shivoham I am not any of these things, then what am I? I am pure consciousness, bliss and I am the auspicious Shiva. So, we have completed the three verses and now we shall listen to all these three verses with our eyes closed and let us try to elevate our mind to the level of the Atman that is described in these verses.
1: Shiboham 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 Shivoham Mano buddhya haṅkāra Chita ninaḥam Nacha śrotra jihve Nacha tejona vayu shivoham shivoham nacha prana snyo navai nava Na vagpar nipadam, na chopasta payu, chidanandarupa, shivoham, shivoham. Na medvesharagau, na melobhamohau, madhu naiva me naiva, matsaryabhava. Na dharmo, na chārto, na kamo, na mokshaha, chidanandarupaha, shivoham, shivoham Chidānanda shivoham, shivoham
0: Um, asato ma ma um, shanti, 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 om Asatoma Sadgamaya Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya Mrityorma Amritangamaya Om Shantishantishanti Harihyom Tatsa Shri Sai Shwarar Panamastu. I am very grateful to Bhagwan for this opportunity of speaking to you all. I am thankful to Team Radio Sai and all of you. Jai Sairam.